Welcome to the One More Verse Podcast. Hey everybody, it's John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Tuesday, February the 2nd, 2016. Today's reading was Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So come on, let's discuss what we read together. Jonah is in a most unusual set of circumstances. He's taking a submarine ride inside the belly of a great fish. When we left him, we discovered that this was actually his salvation, because how long can you swim and tread water? How long can you hold your breath? But even though this is your salvation, it's certainly not comfortable. It's certainly not easy. Scientists tell us that it might have been as much as 100 degrees inside the belly of this creature. But it's from inside there that we have something recorded. Now, it's important for us to acknowledge that in Jonah's recording of this, there's no lights on inside. He's not looking back with pen and paper and carefully taking down, but he's reflecting on what he said. If you do any serious amount of studying, you'll know that there are several things in here that point back to the Psalms. And so as Jonah unpacks this, he finally comes to what some of us treat as the last resort. You see, sometimes it takes us finding ourselves in great distress when it seems like all hope has failed and there's not a thing that we can do before we finally turn to prayer. Prayer seems to be the last resort. But it's from this unfortunate set of circumstances, this unbelievably dark set of circumstances. Imagine you're inside the bowels of a creature that you're not even sure what it looks like. You just know that you almost died and you find yourself inside this fish. It's unfamiliar. You can't see a thing. The textures, the smells, all of the stimuli that are coming in through your eyes, ears, nose. It it is something so foreign that you think perhaps you're still going to die. But from inside the belly of this fish, Jonah finally calls out in distress to the Lord. Now, the interesting thing to me is that to this rebellious prophet, when he finally calls out to the Lord in his distress, that God not only listened, but he answered. He heard his voice. This rebellious prophet who's walking in disobedience, who is basically doing everything differently than what God commanded him to do, is suffering the due penalty of his sin. In these circumstances, he calls out to God and God listens. Now, Jonah recognizes that God has placed him in these circumstances. He's not thinking that this is just, you know, some sort of destiny or chance. He recognizes that God has placed him in the deep, into the heart of the water, where the flood is surrounding him, all the waves and billows, as he describes it, passing over and surrounding him. Perhaps you've had that moment where, whether it be in a lake or a swimming pool, when you didn't quite have a chance to get a good breath and maybe somebody forced you under, or perhaps you lost your balance and you find yourself underwater, um, ill-prepared and not having taken a proper breath. You can see as this poetic language that Jonah harnesses, you know what it feels like. When it seems like everything is surrounding you, when you are cast into the deep and perhaps you feel like there's no hope. 
And if you've ever been in the ocean and you've been in a, a rip current and you've felt what it is like when you lose all control, these waves and these billows are passing over and, and, and he recognizes that he's driven away from God's sight. But it's so interesting that as he begins to draw upon his understanding and knowledge of the scripture, he makes a bold statement. He says, yes, I'm driven from your sight right now, but I'm going to look again on your holy temple. Even though the waters had closed in over me, even though I thought I was going to die, even in spite of the fact that the deep had surrounded me, I had seaweed wrapped around my head. I knew that I was at the base of the mountains. I could tell that the bars of the earth were closing upon me and I might never, ever see the sun again. Even as all of this was happening, God, you rescued me. You brought, as he says, my life up from the pit. When, when my life was fainting away and he came to that place and Jonah remembers the Lord and his prayer came to the Lord, Jonah has this moment and perhaps for you, you know that despair. Uh, some of you may be listening and you may feel like you're in that kind of circumstance right now. It may feel as if you're alone. It may feel as if you may die. It may feel as if there is no hope. But I would let you know that the God who listens to rebellious prophets is a God who is kind, gracious, and compassionate. And Jonah recognizes that those who give themselves to idols, those who give all of their energy, their time, and they pay their regard to these vain idols, they forsake their hope of steadfast love. For you see, anytime we give ourselves to anything other than Jesus, we come up not satisfied. It just doesn't ever seem to satisfy. And if we fail, it doesn't restore us. If perhaps money becomes an idol for us, well, how much money is enough? Well, at least one more dollar, one more business deal, one more uh, hostile takeover, one more stock, one more um, land deal, one more real estate deal. It just never seems to be enough. Relationships. How, how, how many? What, what's it going to take? You see, Jonah understands that when you give yourself to anything other than God, you forsake your hope of his steadfast love. And so he tells the Lord that he's going to have the voice of thanksgiving. He's going to sacrifice to the Lord and all these vows that he's made, he will pay. Can't you imagine him trying to bargain with God? I'm sure under those circumstances, he would have made any promise necessary. If he thought that it would spare his life, I imagine he promised God he would do anything. You may have been like that from time to time in your life where you'll just say, God, if, if you'll do this, then I promise I'll do this. Jonah wants God to know that he's thankful for the way that God has spared him. He's thankful for the way that God is bringing him out of the pit and he is going to make sacrifice and he's going to keep his vows. And then he says something that we all have to remember. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Oh, we look for salvation and functional saviors in all kinds of places. We think that if we had this or if our circumstances were this, then everything would be fine and we would be saved and, and it would all be great. But the truth of the matter is that salvation belongs to the Lord alone. Satisfaction and contentment, joy, every bit of that comes from the Lord. 
This is the beauty of the gospel. And so in this moment, taking this submarine ride inside the belly of the fish, crying out to the Lord in absolute despair, depression, suffering, angst, thinking that it's all over, he calls out to the Lord and God who is so merciful, so kind, saves Jonah. And we find out something interesting at the very end of chapter 2. We find out that the Lord speaks fishinese. I don't know exactly what that sounds like. I picture Dory doing, you know, her trying to talk to whales sort of thing. But what we really understand is that there is this huge theme in Jonah about his sovereignty over his creation. And so he speaks to this creature that he has made. He speaks to this creature that he has, as chapter one told us, appointed. He tells this creature, you can now release your passenger. Now, the language that is used there is nothing quite so, you know, proper. The, the, the Bible renders it that this fish was probably about as uncomfortable as Jonah. You know, he's got a passenger riding along and this is not the easiest thing to have to, you know, endure and deal with. And so when God speaks to the fish, it vomits Jonah out upon the dry land. What a story to tell. What an incredible thing to be reminded of. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So I pray that you're encouraged today that if you feel like the bars are closing in, that you're just in the deep and you're never going to see the light. I want you to know that the God of glory is capable of everything. There's nothing that's impossible for him. And I pray that you repent of any idols that you may have. Call out to him. He can save because salvation belongs to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. Find me on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and use the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.